0: another episode of the Spectre Show. I am DJ Allen, the Emerald Spectre, and I'm here to record yet again about something I am not entirely positive I'm going to be talking about. But I think I have a good enough subject to go ahead and, I don't know, not necessarily thrill you, but to uh, let you all know uh, what's going on with me. Um, I have recently gotten... Uh, Together with another podcaster, and we're—he uh, he was on the the most recent episode of the Greatest Show, Peter, and um, I'm going to be on one of his shows, and uh, I'm going to see about bringing him into the fold, and maybe you know do other other podcasting endeavors with him. Uh, but I'm going to turn this show back towards what I think that I need to be talking about, uh, or the, the the realization type thing I, I was going to be talking about, which is. What I have been attempting to write—that's um, the fiction. So, um, basically, let me start out with an overview of what I have been writing. It's my sci-fi space opera type thing, I guess. Um, if uh, I, rather than try to explain anything specific about it, why don't I go ahead and just go with the uh, go directly into what I wanted to talk about, which is. I haven't really written anything in at least a couple of weeks, and I don't see me starting back up with it because I'm I'm I've had have had an epiphany, so it's time for me to reevaluate something and and you know move forward in a different way. So my my space opera comes from a long line of former uh, space opera attempts. So I used to write a bunch of stories. And I had a Star Trek-like environment. There were aliens. weren't too many. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't nutso. There was a, a Federation-like entity. There was rank structure. There was episodic adventures. And I had written quite a few of them. Um, and they're... I, well, I'd say that of, of story-wise, I, I'm going to say that there were probably close to 60 stories that were written. And and things progressed. So it was kind of like, if you, if you think Star Trek, like the motion, the, uh, sorry, not the motion, the original series, but with a Deep Space Nine-like arc going on, so like there's multiple things going on. Um, That was kind of what that was about. So then, as we move into the future, I I was a big fan of the reimagined Battlestar Galactica. The Ronald D. Moore remake of the original Battlestar Galactica. There's nothing wrong with the original Battlestar Galactica, I should start by saying. But I liked the reimagined series much better. So I then... Started working on a concept based off of more of, you know, taking the original thing and moving it more towards a Battlestar Galactica like universe. And that's, I can really point to that as being most of my problem. So I'm, I've been kind of spinning my wheels since I attempted to do that with my sci fi idea. So what I have at the moment in the the general universal sense is that I've got a Star Trek meets Battlestar Galactica, meets Robotech, meets other anime series that have mech. So it's uh it's I, I'm not I've got too much this is my epiphany, I've got too much sunk into what I'm attempting to do and I, I need to stop I need to need to go back and rather than Rather than try to shoehorn as much as humanly possible into what I'm attempting to do, I need to go ahead and concentrate on the characters or this. You know, don't don't put too much into it. So if I'm going to do if I'm going to do this, rather than be a Star Trek meets Star Wars meets Battlestar Galactica meets all that other uh, like uh, Buck Rogers meets all that stuff. Why not just go with a Star Trek meets Battlestar Galactica type thing where there's aliens, but there's more of an actual naval feel, which is another thing that I I had an epiphany about. Um, I've been writing the amalgamation of everything, like I just said, but I've been doing it with a... You're on a aircraft carrier in space situation and everything centers off of that well every time i branch away from that general idea is when things start to fall apart because i'm working with too much i've got aliens and i've got technology and then i've got the technology they're on which is the starship and then i've got the smaller technology which is like the airplane sized starships or uh, fighters i guess then I've got the mechs and I've got what the army like people are wearing and those guys have mechs and there's tanks and and I not only do I have a lot of aliens involved but there's a new alien threat that came in it's just it's it's a lot to try to sort out so I need to think about what it is about the sci-fi that I really wanted to capture and I'm going to go back and start thinking about why i liked writing what why i got out writing the stories from before which are all gone unfortunately i have the the basic plots like i i mean if you ask me i i could tell you there was a plot with um there was a uh, planet that if you enter the atmosphere it actually takes you back in time of earth for instance and it doesn't matter where the time planet is you're like in the past so the the away team that went down on that one ended up getting put into stasis pods to be brought back to the future where they were uncovered later, things like that. Um, there was a uh, wizard, not tech tech wizard, like a guy who he he communed with technology and kind of understood things. So he stole a ship which shouldn't have been able to fly and and made it the most advanced thing ever and and he took on the the crew of the the starship that I was writing about so I mean it's I, I've got plots general plots and I remember kind of how the stories went but that was a long long time ago um, I, I have to say that because it was it was it was more of a Star Trek derivative then I, I didn't focus as much on the peripherals i didn't you know it was just a starship with a specific crew doing specific things on a episodic like basis and um, what I'm trying to do now is more of a movie type scope rather than an episode type scope so it's it's grander in nature but I think that what I need to do is go back to the more episodic scope of things for one one thing the other thing I wanted to evaluate was what it is I liked about the Star Trek scenario I mean if I if I look at Star Trek itself before you get to the next generation, before you get to the Deep Space Nine or the Voyager, the Enterprise, you you have... Let's take Star Trek II. And Star Trek II really, uh, the Rathacon, really defines what it is that I liked about Star Trek. And it's... Yes, the Enterprise had great capabilities in doing things, but it was more like a submarine. I mean, sure, you had somebody... You, you had the view screen, you could see what was going on, but you always had somebody relaying to you what was going on as well, which gets done in a submarine a lot. Star Trek 2 The Wrath of Khan is the greatest submarine battle movie ever made, but it's in space with starships. But it's still a submarine movie at heart. So, if I back up and look at my writing, and start going with a submarine-like feel, stop... Start with that, you know, the the ship, while it may contain fighters or or army personnel or marines or whatever, it may it needs to be star. It needs to be submarine like at heart, because that's while I've never been on a submarine, um, it's it's something I can relate closer to. Now the aircraft carrier part of it, because I do want to have fighters involved. what I, need to, what, I, what I think I need to do is dial back the so much technology all at once. So do the, do the aircraft carrier Starship in a submarine-like fashion where there's no, you know, the view. I don't like the idea of the view screen because then you're relying on what is that? It's green. It's round. It's coming at us. Blah, blah, blah and if the view screen goes down then everybody gets all confused whereas if you're doing it like a a submarine sure there could be a crow's nest where someone is physically looking out a transparent window and can say the the item you were seeing is a a a satellite that's coming straight at us we need to move whatever but you're you're getting most of your information from whatever the sonar is and i've already come up with a a my version of the sonar, which in Battlestar Galactica is Dratus, meaning uh, it's a, it's like a three-dimensional sonar, I guess. Um, I'm going to use... Uh, mine's going to be called TITUS, which is... The, there's no I between the T and the D, but it's three-dimensional imaging system, so TITUS is the short version of that. And unlike Battlestar Galactica, I, I, I wanted from the beginning to have it as a holographic representation. So... Instead of you looking at a monitor to see what's going on to try to be represented as a 3D image, you're actually looking at a 3D hologram coming up out of something and the ship itself is at the center. Now, you're, you're, you're working around these symbols and whatnot, but you're not seeing what's physically going on outside. You are, you are in a submarine-like environment. Add fighters into that, and I could probably get going or have a standard... Um, army slash marine type contingent on there like I have wanted to, but leave everybody that isn't at the Starship level, leave them all at a manageable and more understandable tech level and introduce the tech that I want to have into it into the future. So... If fighters are important, and then somebody creates a mech that can like more be more maneuverable or react better, but takes a special kind of pilot, you know, introduce that two or three or four stories down the road when I've already established that the starship slash submarine aircraft carrier thing is is built, and then and move forward. Uh, The way I started writing the story, I wanted to do the, and I've mentioned this before, just drop you into the action. Don't explain. Don't have an info dump. Just drop in and go. I mean, things will get kind of explained as they go. And I want to keep that theory because I'm worried that if I try to go back to the info dump thing, I will get hung up on the info dump. And that will detract from the overall story. The other thing I want to do is if I'm rolling back all this stuff... um, introduce the tech as I go. So, you know, establish the first story. This is what everyone does now. This is where we're at. This is how things operate. Story two, here's a twist. Something gets added. Story three, you know, we start working on advancement of technology. Story four, maybe I've introduced something absolutely completely new that makes things a lot better and kind of build from there. And I want to sort of start over with the the writing because i mean I'm, I'm i my the level of tech that i've introduced in the short 5000 words i've already written is astronomically complicated and i've been listening to a lot of audiobooks uh sci-fi audiobooks and there is a lot of high technology in what i'm reading but i think that it's it's all i mean they the 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 writers aren't going so you've got uh, exoskeletons and robots and 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 holographic things, and your mind can plug into this system, and you can float into space without any uh, exterior things. And you've got a you got a super tank that can transform into a robot that can help your robot. That I mean, it's that it, it's not complicated like that. It's like you've colonized a planet that shouldn't be colonizable, and the tech otherwise can be related to something. So the guns everybody carry around are adapted towards being useful in space like a Gauss weapon which um, fires things with a magnetic charge rather than a powder or explosion like the projectiles we currently have on Earth. But you can relate to a Gauss round, there's just no, there's just not as much kickback if any compared to a standard everyday weapon. So it's, it's easy to say there's no kickback rather than try to get into a detailed this is how the technology works, and this is why it's different, and this is how far we've come as a society. Yada yada yada, and we'll kind of go, you know, from that. But um, I, I need to, I need to evaluate the starting point so that I can go forward from there, and I want to write down a few plots and try to do a snowflake-like expansion on it. There's a writing system known as the snowflake system where you start at with, you write a sentence about what your story is about. And then when you write that sentence, then you make a paragraph explaining that sentence, but including the sentence, I think is how it works. And then you, from that paragraph, explain three, in three different paragraphs, more about the three acts of the story basically and then from that you get the characters and then you've got three motivations for them and pretty soon you just keep expanding like that until you've got a fairly solid structure for your story where then you're mainly just following the the breadcrumbs you've laid for yourself into a full story i don't want to use the actual snowflake method because i it's i i haven't gotten the snowflake method to work for me in a way that I feel is beneficial. So I'm not going to use the Snowflake method. But I would like to use a theory about the Snowflake method, which is write the plot, expand the plot on who's involved and the basic large items that need to happen in that story, and then expand those a little bit. And then I've got my outline roughly on where to start, where I'm going, next point, next point, and that's the ending. And then I can also throw in subplot things that I don't necessarily need to write in that plot. So if I've got my main plot as going to an uninhabited moon and discovering an alien civilization that has just been kind of hiding out there and then they attack us and we attack them back and figure out how to meet in the middle. Maybe in the background there's a presidential of the Star Alliance, maybe there's a... You know maybe there's a sub thread going on there that there's an admiral who has been working politically to obtain the presidency because he's got a an issue with the captain of this one specific ship but because this captain is so revered and has done things so so well he can't just you know get rid of him willy-nilly but as president he could reassign him without being super questioned. So maybe i got that plot running in the background and maybe a member of the crew has a, a substance abuse problem. That because of the technology, um, the substances have become so complicated. It's not like meth, where people start losing their teeth and whatnot. Maybe this is a there's a neural degradation, and being a pilot of a uh, a fighter, it it breaks down their ability to react properly at the right times and, and things like that. Um, most of what I have been thinking about you know rolling back all my ideas figuring out what it was that worked before and how i can make what i have in my mind now work better i i've wanted to sit down write down all the characters of the main plot because i did the same thing like star trek did i picked eight six to eight characters and i just basically wrote every story about them which is something else i want to think about is um the story i started writing about my space opera now is not you i don't have a well-defined character set. I mean, I, I've I've got the captain of the ship. I've got the the main flight, like the the chief flight person, and I've got a uh, army detachment commanding officer. And beyond that, I kind of add people here and there as things go. And I've noticed that that is not that that's. I'm having a hard time keeping that all straight. Um so I mean there's a lot of things that I personally have issues with but what I wanted to do was I wanted to go back and write some of the plots that I knew and figure out if there was something I could adapt for now but I mean even just looking at the list of characters um I don't have a list of characters right now I mean I have some characters that I make I want to make sure that are in there but everybody else is just like cannon fodder unless they do something in the story that makes me want to keep them around. Why don't I work the opposite way? Why don't I have my six to eight to twelve characters that I concentrate on and then everyone else's periphery, but I move the story forward with that, knowing that these, and I'm just going to use the biggest number, these twelve characters are the ones that are going to advance to the second episode or second story, where I can add in a thirteenth character if I haven't, if I've got as much development as I want from the first twelve. Or maybe the 13th character comes in four, five, six stories after. And then I can start adding another character and another character. And then like a real military situation, unlike a Star Trek situation, maybe I can start switching out characters. So, yeah, the communications officer has always been um, John Smith. But maybe uh, jo- Joe Davis has been doing such a great job that maybe Joe... Now fills in that slot, and John Smith goes to do something else in a different part of that universe, and may come back to help out later. And then you slowly get a like a crew rotation going on, which is how actual navy and or military operations work. You never have, um, you never have a, a like a, a group of people that spend multiples of years together like Star Trek. I mean, the the original series crew, uh, Kirk, Spock, McCoy, Sulu. Um, scotty all of them they they spent 40 years as a as a core group together on doing the same thing now maybe that's how starfleet operates but in a more military style or a navy situation um sulu would have only driven the enterprise for so long before being replaced by somebody else and captain kirk would have only been in command for three years before getting booted and going someplace else to command somebody else so, when me, as a Navy veteran, when I think fondly of eras, yes, there's a, it's a brief period of time where there's a certain group of people that I was with, and that's what my Navy experience gets centered around, but I can tell you that even though that we, there was a, there was a core of us that was together for the, I don't know, I'd say, I was only in for three years, so I, I'd say that the largest core of the of the people I was with maybe we only spent a year and a half together the first half year um I was still kind of figuring out what was going on and then the last half year everybody was out doing their own thing because they were all getting ready to move on just like I was getting ready to leave the navy and move on so we all kind of broke up so there was a year and a half there where yes there's five or six of us that hung out we we did things together that's that's what I believe my navy experience was but it only lasted a year and a half although in my head it feels like it lasted a decade so i i want to I want to have some realism i don't want to have a rotation of you know i introduce you to the helmsman of this massive aircraft carrier like starship and three stories into it i'm already replacing him with somebody brand new you haven't had a chance to get to know this guy and you know maybe it's a maybe it's a longer term thing or Maybe I want to keep the Star Trek-like thing where it's a core group. And if, if the helmsman wants to stick around, that's the helmsman option. But the helmsman doesn't get promoted if they stay in that job. So if Sulu's driving my ship and Sulu's a lieutenant and Sulu is offered a promotion, hey, we're going to promote you to lieutenant commander, but you have to come over to the USS Excalibur instead of staying on the Enterprise. If Sulu goes, okay, I do want that promotion. I'm going to go over to the Excalibur. Maybe on the Excaliburts he's a lieutenant commander uh, executive officer instead of just a, a helmsman. Maybe Scotty um, gets promoted to captain of engineering because he moves off the Enterprise to operate at space dock or the shipyards or whatever. Captain Kirk can only get promoted out of the captain's seat if he accepts some sort of desk job somewhere or the a commodore ship of a, of a star base, things like that. Um, And bringing the Battlestar Galactica into this, uh, Commander Adama was just a commander. I mean, yes, you had a president there who could have promoted him at any time, but there was no reason to promote the commander. He was the top-ranking military official. And then you had another ship show up, and they established in that universe that multiple Battlestars under the command of one person is normally done by an admiral. So when the other admiral is... Uh, unceremoniously eliminated, the president promotes Adama to Admiral. And then you had some sort of progression. And I believe personally that there should have been more progression because rather than just wasting the Pegasus, and I know this is a tangent, rather than just wasting the Pegasus, you had the opportunity to have multiple crews to expand on the universe. So maybe maybe the Pegasus doesn't stick with the fleet. Maybe the Pegasus goes off, goes off on a specific area and, and maybe when the Galactica gets, you know, finds out where Earth is, maybe the Pegasus has found something else, and you know, we get a what would be a, like a spin-off series, or maybe it's a, a second story arc. So we could have gotten a fifth or a sixth or a seventh Battlestar Galactica season because we had two separate storylines going on there. Maybe we found another group of humans and uh maybe maybe there was another species or something. You know, we could have had multiple things going on, but um once again that's a tangent. I need to get back onto what I was doing. So I'm going to start out by first off, most importantly, outlining six to 12 characters that I'm going to be focusing on and then writing the general overall story plot. So like I come up with my 12 characters and then I'm going to write down, um, come across, alien ruins that aren't supposed to exist okay so there's my plot right there and then from there I'm going to expand what the overarching story is and build that out a little bit while then grabbing let's just say a third so a third of 12 is four uh, grabbing four of those characters and then building subplots or maybe make those four characters integral to the main story in some way shape or form And then taking another third of them and giving them subplots, which then involve the other third, making all three thirds, because I can math uh, into a larger narrative. And then maybe some of the B plots become A plots in the second story. Or the C plots with the last third, maybe their plots become B plots. And then we kind of get a little rotation there. So, yeah, the captain of the ship is probably going to be the one in 99% of the stories. Great. But maybe like Battlestar Galactica did. Maybe I have an episode, or I keep saying it. I'm going to think of it like a TV show. Maybe I have an episode where it's all about the pilots. Maybe I have an episode that's all about the uh, marine unit that gets sent down to every planet. And while there was 20 of them in a group, now there's seven of them left because every time they get put into a combat situation, they, they lose a couple. And this core group, no matter how many people you give to them, doesn't really accept them you know maybe they maybe i got that thing going on and maybe there's a uh a signal coming from a faraway star that the the ship is moving towards and then we all discover oh that's uh that's the species that created all life on whatever planet it is and and expand that you know it's it's just i can i can do that but i'm going to start with the characters i'll outline some basic technological advances that I want to have on the ground floor. And then I'll keep, I'll, I'll, I've got three branches right now. I've got the, the, the Navy, the Air Force, and the Army for all intents and purposes. I'm not eliminating the Marines, but if you think about it, the Marines don't do anything unique. Like they, it's, the, the Army was established and it's a, it's a ground force. The Marines have a ground force. The Air Force is primarily created to fly smaller Things So like jets and air and helicopters. And the Marines can do that because they have a contingent that can do that. The Navy operates ships and the Marines can operate smaller scale ships like crew transports and and things like that. So, I mean, I don't want to put down the Marines, but this my my society doesn't happen on Earth either. So there's no reason for a uh, Marine. But I got my three divisions. See, I get off on terrible tangents. Three divisions, my, my Navy, Air Force, and Army. And um, maybe all my technological advances for the beginning will apply mostly to the Navy. And then I will expand those into the Army. And then later either expand, expand those into the Air Force and go from there. So it's just a, a contemplation, a thought process. And, and you know, I got to start somewhere. But what I am doing isn't working. And I'm going to start moving forward with what I think I can get doing to work. So, uh, I speak words good is what I'm getting at. I want to thank you for joining me for, if this is your first episode, great, terrible place to start, but whatever. Uh, if this is your third episode, thanks for sticking with me. If this is your last episode, I'm very sorry to lose you. I am trying to get, you know, more of a theme going on, but we'll, we'll go from there. Uh, once again, my name is DJ and, uh, if you can find all of my stuff at emeraldspecter.com, and uh, we will see you in the future. So uh, see you next time on The Spectre Show.